it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. From that day on, we was always together. Mackey and Judd. Like peas and carrots. On 1500 ESPN. Dominating the NBA, Phil Mackey. Dominating, in fact. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yes, this is officially the annual stretch where Ricky Rubio gets hot for three weeks and everybody freaks out and thinks he's turned a corner. He's become a unicorn. Uh, ESPN's latest player power rankings. So ESPN does NBA player power rankings. They have team power rankings. All right. And they have player power rankings for mostly like recent performance. Okay. Number one, James Harden. Sure. Number two, Anthony Davis. And we won't even need much time for that music to play because number three is Ricky Rubio. <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> is this for, I'm, I'm sorry, did I, did I miss something? ESPN.com for... drastically overreacts to a mild hot stretch by Ricky Rubio. Is this based on three, four-game sample sizes or what? Well, it says, so in fairness, it says based on games played the first week of February. Okay. So I don't even know what the point of that is. Okay, here's our player of the week rankings. It's called filling up content. I guess. That's the point. Uh, So Ricky Rubio, in his last four games, has gone for 23 points, 11 assists, 14 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, 34 points, 9 assists. And then last night in a road win over the Pelicans mm. without DeMarcus Cousins. So that's not quite the same team. They scored 133 points. Ricky Rubio, 20 points, 11 assists, 3 rebounds. Uh, the Jazz have now won 6 games in a row. And they're averaging about 130 points per game in their last 4. So the, they're absolutely on fire. Ricky Rubio is on fire. He's knocking down threes. He's one of three, two of three, two of four from three, two of two, three of four. We never learn with this guy. Where is Mike Penberthy, huh? We, he must be working he, with him again. He must be living with Ricky Rubio. Here's what you got to do, Ricky. It, it's, unbel- it's unbelievable. So here's the thing. Yeah, he's, just, he's 27 years old. He's been playing pro basketball for like 12 years. Yeah. He's basically the same player he's always been. This year included, like including the hot stretches. This is the guy he's been. Now, he's improved in certain areas. He's better at the rim now than he's been before. He's better mid-range for the most part than he was like five years ago. But overall, he still scores 10 to 12 points a game, and that's what he's averaging, like 12 points a game. He's clawing to reach 40% from the field. He can't really make a three. He's 30% from three, but he takes a bunch of them anyways. And he mixes in some good passing and defense. He's fine. Like He's, he's a solid player. He's fine. 
But people always act like, like every time he has a good game, mm-hmm. I get a bunch of tweets. People, you know, let's put him third in the player power rankings. The guy scored 20 points a couple of times. And he's now third in the power rankings this week. And he is destined to have... He's the same same guy for the most part. And Ricky Rubio is destined to have one or two of these unbelievable stretches, and they're relatively short, per season. Right. And every time he does, Ricky fan, especially here, says, you see, Tibbs was wrong about this one. Tibbs was wrong. I knew it. I knew it. He went through this same stretch on the Wolves last year. And we had this exact conversation, and we're both like, it will end. It's going to end, yeah. and then he's going to be uh, go back to being the player that he was previously, and then those fans are going to go away and be quiet. And right. sure enough, it happened. Now, I'll give you this. On the Teague versus Rubio conversation, Jeff Teague is having a pretty bad year. I mean, he's he's down in shooting categories, even free throws. His free throw percentage is down several percentage points. His scoring is down, even though he's taking about the same amount of shots as he has in previous years. He's never been a great defensive player, but probably I think Rubio is probably an overrated defensive player, and Jeff Teague probably gets a little bit too much flack defensively. And, of course, Jeff Teague makes more money than Rubio, so that's one of the arguments. Well, you could add Rubio for 12 or $13 million, and you wind up paying $20 million for Jeff Teague. Uh, also, durability has been one of Teague's best assets and previously. Hasn't, and hasn't been this year, yeah. He's true. missed games. He's yep. been banged up. But independent, like you, I think it's fair to say, yeah, Jeff Teague hasn't been quite the player he was the last three or four years. There's still half a season left. Yep. Without saying the Wolves made a huge mistake by letting Rubio go. Ricky Rubio's teams are always bad. You ever notice that? For all the people who, who the Pied Pipers for Ricky Rubio, that the Wolves made an epic mistake and this and that, in a sport where one or two really good players can make a big difference, where yep. you take LeBron James off the Cavs and they lose 40 extra games 10 years ago. Uh, where you know a, a really good influential player can bring you from a ten seed to a six seed or something like put Damian Lillard on the on the Blazers and all of a sudden that team is extremely viable. Um, you put you bring you put Jimmy Butler on the Wolves and it's like they go from yeah, out of the playoffs twenty rocket. games under five hundred yes. to the third best team in the Western Conference. Ricky doesn't do that. Ricky Rubio has never played a playoff game. Utah's several games below five hundred this season. They're tenth in the Western Conference. In his seven years in the NBA, Ricky Rubio has never played on a 500 team. So I'm so I'm just like All every you, time he has a hot stretch, it's like whoa, see, see no. For, but but for for the Ricky fans, and I believe the Ricky fans like the Wolves, but I, I think uh, to some of those people, their love for Ricky actually outweighed by a lot their love for the team. By the end, the only thing that you need to know is this. When you hire, if you like Tibbs, if you trust Tibbs at all, and some people don't, but if you trust Tibbs at all, Tibbs didn't come here and basically say, you know what, I want to see Ricky play, and after I see him play for a year, I'll, I'll make a decision. He was trying to trade him from the moment he got the job. He never he never thought, and, and for those that point to Teague and say, well, Teague's not playing great, understand this. If you're a good coach, you understand who fits in your system. And even if Teague is not the perfect player this year, which he is not, in Tibbs' mind, he fits in his system. Ricky Rubio, from the day I'm— Tom Thibodeau was trying to trade Ricky Rubio during the draft two years ago. Yeah. Okay? So he looked at him as a player, or previously had, and said, this guy doesn't come close to fitting what I want. And and I would say this. If Ricky Rubio was 25 years older and he had come here in 1994, it would have been a perfect fit because point guards played a different game then. And I think his style, actually, in the NBA in the 90s would have fit. But when you have a coach who takes the job and runs the entire show and says, I can't wait to trade this guy. Something's up. 
Here's another thing we forget about, too. So he's having this great week stretch. He's a, He's been great for a week, and he has. Like, he's been great for the last week. 34 points and 9 assists and 11 of 14 from the field. That's one of the best games he's probably ever played on the road at San Antonio, minus Kawhi Leonard, but on the road at San Antonio. In the month before this last week, he had four games where he turned the ball over as much as he scored. Four turnovers, two points on Monday, January 22nd. He had five turnovers, five points. The, the the game before Christmas against Oklahoma City. So if let's okay, let's let's be objective here. He's been great for the last week. Let's go back a week before that. Nine points, four turnovers, one rebound. He had some assists, two of eight from the field. Uh at Atlanta, where they got beat by 14 points, a terrible Atlanta team on January 22nd. Ricky Rubio in 26 minutes went one of eight from the field, over three from downtown, two points, four turnovers. A handful of assists. Yeah. Like, this is who he is, man. He he could just as easily follow this week up with a month where he can't make a shot and where he's averaging seven points. And most important, That's his entire career. And most importantly, he hasn't found it. He hasn't found it. He gets hot for stretches. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's two weeks. But he hasn't found it. And, right. and, and how many times how many times did we actually buy into that storyline here But before it finally uh, became clear it was fool's gold? I mean, there was probably at least a two-year period where we thought, I remember going to the game with, uh, with I think it was you and Dave, and we sat in the suite at Target Center. This Grizzlies. Is, yeah. And he was fantastic. And the shot looked different. And we're all sitting there saying, oh, my gosh, he really has yeah. re- redone the shot, and this looks like a different player. And he was a different player, and it lasted for about two weeks. Yep. By the way, the analytics would tell you the same thing about Rubio. So he is outside, I believe, in terms of win shares per 48 minutes. He's outside the top 150, maybe even outside the top 200 players in the NBA. He just, you know, he's fine. He's yeah, likable. I don't, I don't and hate I, the guy. Just, I think we go his, through this every year. His future is either starting point guard on losing teams that don't make the playoffs, which is what he's been for seven years, or backup point guard who plays team. 20 minutes on a really good team, yes. change of pace, put him with a bunch of shooters, and maybe mix him in. I've I've told you this. I I'd be so curious to watch him with a team like Houston or Golden State, where he comes in off the bench. Mm-hmm. You can mix him in with some of the starters, mm-hmm. and and so the floor is more open for him to either drive to the hoop or if they're going to sink in and he can kick it out and get those secondary assists and never has to shoot. Right, he'd be great. And that's where the Wolves were at fault. And this is where I'll defend Rubio. They had Rubio for six years and they never constructed a roster. Like he was a top five overall pick. And they never constructed the roster to work around him. Like the Vikings never constructed the roster to work around Bridgewater, a first-round draft pick quarterback. If you know he can't shoot, and if you know that his main asset is court vision and passing, and you got Luke Mute standing in one corner and Derek Williams standing in the other corner, you might want to fix your roster. So they, they wasted him in that regard. But let's not overreact to... A nice week. For I think Rubio. we'll remain calm here, but you're, he's just always going to have his supporters here who look at his hot stretches and say, "Should have kept him. If only we had kept him." Yeah, he seems like a very nice guy. All right, and I get it, but uh, he's not. There's never going to be a sustained run of him being great. Uh, let's come back here because we have to dust off the Miko Koivu scoring update desk. <laughs> it is dusty. Get it ready for this next segment. Mackie and Judd now continue. Now back to more sports than you can handle. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Did the captain cash in? It's time to find out if Miko Koivu got the biscuit in the basket. 
Here's Judd Zolgad. Mikhail Granlin with a head of steam. He hit that St. Louis line, supported by Miko Koivu. Through the slot, he scores! Miko Koivu, the Minnesota captain, dancing right through the slot. There it is. Let's go crazy. He has fulfilled his February quota. The Gretzky-like pace of Captain Koivu continues for the 2017-18 hockey season. Miko Koivu, first goal in 12 games last night. And as Phil just said, he has now fulfilled his February quota. Let's go through. Let's go. Let's dissect. Let's break down. This can take some time, by the way. Let's break down Miko's month by month. Because when you're going through a pace like this, you got to really go back and think about what he's done. First, let's get Boods on the Koivu goal. He was getting starting to get frustrated, and uh, uh, like I said, like if he doesn't score, he still plays very solid, and he, and he plays his 20 minutes because you, you rely on him so much. But when he is scoring, it's sure is an added bonus. Okay, so when is he scoring? That's the the, the name of the game today is when is Miko scoring? <laughs> In October, he scored four goals. It was a windfall, gentlemen. That's pretty good. Four goals in October. So in November, you come back and say, okay, you know what? We're not expecting four from, from you every month, Miko. Give us two. Give us three. He was blanked in November. Yeah, but I mean, that's a, you know, that's kind of the, the doldrums of the season, right? November. <laughs> that's a it's tough a, month to score. It is. Thanksgiving. Uh, you're planning family stuff. Yeah. Well, December is, it's time for presents, right? It's Christmas time. It's time for presents. It's time I, to really deliver. I would say America shuts down between, and Finland, by the way, uh, a lot of countries shut down between November and December. So, I mean, we weren't productive in November and December. No, we, we were barely awful. did any shows. Well, <laughs> we did the songs, basically, and that was it. The Stoic captain gave you one goal in December. So you said to yourself, okay, maybe Phil's right. Maybe Dave's right. You shut down in December, but you know what you do in January? Late December, you make a resolution for the new year, and in January, you come back full throttle. Yeah, but a lot of people are also sort of, you know, it takes a while to get into the flow again. You've been off for the holidays. Not and... to mention, you're the captain. Every other team's scheming against you. Yeah. Probably, you know, fighting off double teams. It's true. Perhaps that was the problem because he only scored one goal in January. Getting chipped. And you're working so hard. He's a two-way forward, and so he's exhausting well, so much Boone energy. Boots Boots said that. He's Boone. doing so much. So last night on the backhand in the uh, in, in the Wilds uh, victory over the Yozies, he scores his one goal for February. Seven goals on the season. I got you to seven. <laughs> seven goals oh, for man. Captain Koivu on the season. On his way to double digits. It's Can you it's play exciting. that? Can you play if that's possible the Bood soundbite again? Sure is. I want to hear if he's laughing. <laughs> he was getting starting to get frustrated and uh uh, like I said, like if he doesn't score, he still plays very solid, and, you, and he plays his 20 minutes because you, you rely on him so much. But when he is scoring, it's sure is an added bonus. Okay, he was almost laughing. So Miko is, uh, you know what, too, and, and and this goes back to what I said. Now last year, I actually thought he had a good season, but this goes back to what I told you on the show two years ago. If Miko was just your third line center, and by the way, in the last year of his contract, mm -hmm. I'd say well, that's fine. He's giving you what you want. That's fine. He can check. He can win faceoffs. But this is a guy who is your second line center still, and that you signed to a contract extension that's not going to kick in till next season, for no good reason. I have two questions for you. All right, because you've been much more glued to uh, to hockey this season than, than I have. 
I'm, I'm very much a bandwagon jumper late in the season here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my first question involves a guy who was an up-and-coming young player on this team, uh, had a couple nice little splashes in the playoffs, played mostly full seasons the last three years in Minnesota, and topped out at 15 goals. He had a combined 34 points in a full season in 2015-16. He goes to Vegas, Eric Howla. Yeah. And he has 20 goals already. Yep. He's already surpassed with 30 games to go. He's already surpassed his previous career high in goals, in total points. Um, he's he's having a breakout season with Las Vegas. Yep. And Las Vegas is the best team right now in the Western Conference points-wise. Why? Why does why does a guy like that? And this has happened before. Like we used to complain about the Twins. Well, a guy leaves the Twins and takes off. And he does well. We've seen this with two or three prominent players the last ten years when it comes to the Wild. Let me uh, why talk. Eric Howell the breaking out with Vegas. Let me talk to you about something I like to call opportunity, Phil. An opportunity to excel, which is what Hall got. Now, I will defend the Wild on this. Dumba scored his tenth goal last night, and I was all for um, keeping Dumba. From being taken because offensive-minded defensemen, no matter how questionable their judgment might be at times, are valuable. Okay, so but with Halla, it was a question of I believe opportunity. Yeah, and and when and when he was here under Yo, Yo never trusted him in his system, and the one thing the one thing that showed what Halla was capable of doing was when the playoffs a couple of years ago now three or four years back. When they put him on Taze, and I think they they put him on the Taze line, and he did incredibly well with one job. But then he came back the next year, and he tried to do more, and he struggled a, a little bit. And instead of allowing him to work his way through that, they got frustrated. And they demoted him, and I think they scratched him for a bunch of games. And last year, under Boudreaux, he started to emerge. But herein lies part of the problem. You have your, you have your, how can I put this kindly as possible, your Pecking order here of where players expect playing time. Miko Koivu is a guy you should be looking to demote to the third line. Yeah. Miko Koivu is a guy who who if you have if you have a guy, a young player who you like, the wild uh, this is a question to me, and and it's not just on the ice, it's off the ice in the in the locker room as well. It's a question about expectations on players. And about shifting expectations to the younger group. And the Wild has a lot of veteran players who expect things. And instead of telling them, hey guys, you know what, what it's been great. But in order to take the next step, we need to empower our, our younger players. And that might cost you playing time, at things like that. I don't know how good they are at that. And that's why I think a guy like Hala in this environment is a nice player. He gets the opportunity to leave here. He gets empowered by an expansion team. And he turns a corner right? because he didn't get that opportunity here. All right, I got, I got a couple other. I'm just so going to throw some hockey questions at you here, too. I know that they won the game, and uh, if the playoffs started today, they'd be in, right? I think they are in after last night. They'd they were in. out as of last. Going into the game last night, I believe they were out. I think the Kings were above them, but now they'd be in. So I guess there's still, like, you could take a positive run at this talker because they won the game and they're scoring, and Eric Stahl is having another good season. And mm-hmm. you know, Granlin's been better lately. He was atrocious early in the season. So there are positive things about this team. I just have a couple more questions for you. Okay? All right. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck yeah. was a first round pick. First round pick. Not yeah. like fifth overall. He's 20th overall. Yeah. I... Joel Erickson Eck has played 46 games for the Wild this season. Mm-hmm. He's played, I did the math on this, 600 minutes. He's played 10 hours. He's mm-hmm. been on the ice for 10 hours mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. 
He has scored once. Opening night, by the way, in Detroit. So he hasn't that was scored. The goal. He hasn't scored in since forty-five games, and Correct. it ain't like he's not out there because he's playing on. He's playing almost every night, and you know he's not getting like top line minutes, but he's been out there for ten total hours of ice time this season. Has one goal on opening night. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with this guy? Once again, I think it's a question of of opportunity given, and there seems to be there seems to be a weird dynamic here. I think with a player like that, you need to empower him. And they don't. And I think Boudreaux is doing as good a job as Bruce possibly can, given the parameters of what he's dealing with, okay? But here's your other problem. Let me give you a little uh, Joel erickson history lesson. Joel erickson was taken by the Wild with a 20th pick in the first round of the 215 draft, 2015 draft. Mm-hmm. Look up the name Brock Besser, a kid from Burnsville, who was taken with the 23rd pick by the Vancouver Canucks. In our backyard, essentially, Brock Besser. And look at the year that Brock Besser is is having right now. So he's also only 20 years old, by and the so way. He's a kid. A young so player. he's a kid. Because he, you can't use that excuse in the NHL. Well, he's only 20. I mean, your no, prime no, no, no. is like 21 and, through 26 in the NHL. And Brock, and Brock Besser was, if I believe. My God, he's got 25 goals MVP already. of the All-Star game. This kid is a this kid is a star. Now, Eric Sinet, correct me if I'm wrong, but he, even in, in the, uh, is he, or is he, he's from Scandinavia somewhere, right? Er, yes. I mean, obviously, Eric yes. Sinet. He wasn't a big-time goal scorer coming up in international leagues, but to have one goal in 46 games. No, but he's a skill. He's he's considered a very skilled, talented right. player. But my point is, you in Besser, you had a kid in your backyard who you missed on. Yeah. And and it's not like it's not like your draft pick was was a, at a drastically different place than the Canucks. I believe I just said you dra- they drafted the Wild 20th and the Canucks 23rd. So you whiffed on a guy who was in the grouping of players mm-hmm. Around that pick. Oh, and when does Parisi come back? Actually, you know what? In his, I'm going to defend Parisi for a second here. <laughs> I know. Stop the presses. I'm going to defend him. Zach Parisi, I believe, in the last week or so, or week and a half, has started to play pretty well. He's already, and by the way, he he started to play, but he's not he's not seeing a lot of goal production at all yet. Yeah. But he has at least started. I notice him on the ice, which you know, when he first came back from the back, I couldn't say I really crawling did. back to the bench. Yeah, uh, I know that it's small sample size alert here, and plus minus is not always the best. It's yeah. not the most indicative statistic. But when Zach Parisi traditionally has been on the ice, he elevates and he raises the water level. His he, his career plus minus is uh, well above zero. And he's had seasons of plus 30 and plus 24. In fact, the worst season ever for him was a minus 5 mm-hmm. in New Jersey the year before he came over to the Wild. In 14 games, he's already a minus 7. Now, that might even out, and it's a small sample size, and I'm not putting a ton of yeah, stock in it. But quick. it's just, I mean, it's just interesting. Here, here's my wild rant from the last week. So they beat, they played Vegas, which has proven itself to be a legit good team on Friday. They played them here. They played very well. They have their home Record this year is outstanding. They go to Dallas on Saturday. I think they give up six goals. They're absolutely putrid. They then go to St. Louis and score six and look great. All I want, and I realize it's not going to come every single night, all I want is consistency. And here's the thing about last night's game that sort of drove me crazy. For two periods, so they gave up the first goal of the game 45 seconds in. They come back, house of storm, two periods really well. They're playing great. Third period, they get outshot 19 to 3. They sort of go into this prevent defense. They 
This team's inability. Probably because they traveled so much going back home for the don't Super Bowl on Sunday, that. and then Why they, they go back to St. Louis. Don't, don't even start with I th- that. I thought they looked road weary. Their legs looked don't, tired. Don't even start on that. 19 Judd brought that up before the show three. yesterday, FYI. Legit gripe from yeah, Judd. Yeah, they wanted to come home to go to the bleep. And I would have told them, no, you're going to watch the game as a team in St. Louis. Anyway, they won last night, and beat, but they were outshot 19 to 3. In a, just give me consistency. A little bit well, of consistency. You're up 5 1 going into the period. That's you don't not, want them to play a little defensive shell? I don't want him to be, get out shot nineteen to three. No, I no, think I think you're, nitpick, not, you're. I mean, listen, I'm all for the wild rip session we just had there, but that goes a little far. Even Boots was five to one for God's No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. What I just told you though is, it's not just about that third period. It's about the consistency as a whole. It's about you play great on Friday, you come back on Saturday, and you don't just lose. You look like absolute dogs. That's not how hockey works. Then though. you come. And I don't even. But it like, doesn't. It doesn't need to work your, that way. Your expectation it of consistency in sports it, is never, never going to be attainable. It doesn't need, but it does. You don't need to get absolutely throttled by Dallas on Saturday. If you lose four to three, I'm fine with that. You go on the road and you lose a game four to three, five to three, but you got embarrassed on Saturday. Then you come back. All I want is for this team to show consistency. <laughs> And you've been waiting for five years. Yeah, There's, I know. The Blackhawks oh, in their best days don't happen. show con- as much consistency as you probably remember. You know what? I would I would have forgiven the Blackhawks back then. <laughs> their inconsistency w- was okay. I just want this team to have a period now. Uh, how about a month stretch where you don't get blown out on the road and you look decent on a nightly yeah. basis? Dave, what's coming up in the stuff you should know about? We'll celebrate the real genius of the Super Bowl. Uh, a little... Pride for our very own country and uh, the greatest contract an athlete has ever signed. Uh, you know what some of these wild players need? They need a tune-up. I recommend going into the best service department in the Twin Cities, Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard, and uh, check out some of the service specials going on right now. You have a price match guarantee on tire replacement. Now, tires must be in stock. Uh, oil and filter change for just $37.95. Also an alignment special, $5 off alignment. You want to make sure you got your car in order here because we're not out of the winter months yet. I know the, the football season's over, but you want to make sure that you're safe and sound here. You don't want your battery to die when it's cold out and you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Free battery inspection and $10 off battery replacement at Luther Brookdale Toyota right now. And uh, tire rotation for just $22.95. Go find out. Why my family and I have been getting our car serviced by the same people at Luther Brookdale Toyota for decades. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard, open until 9 o'clock tonight, or LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, press play. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Sherry's Berries and Pro Flowers. Sherry's Berries and Pro Flowers have teamed up to impress your Valentine with gifts from their perfectly paired collection. Visit berries.com today. Use promo code DRIVE to save 20% on any perfectly paired combination. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know. All right, Dave Harrigan, big Wednesday stuff we should know about. I don't feel like that was sincere at all, but thank you very much, Judd Zolgan. I love the Wednesday stuff because sometimes there's a wrestling promo. (laughs) Don't give me any crap about this. I love Wednesday stuff. We need a new segment called, like, Judd's False Sincerity or something. (laughs) I am looking forward to stuff, and now you goons have ruined it. 
Oh man. I think in, in your mind you think you're you think you're super jovial when you say that at the beginning of stuff. Like in your mind it's hey everybody's stuff you, stuff should, know you should know about. It's a Wednesday and the way, stuff. And the way it sounds is the Wednesday stuff has it. the wrestling promo, and I love the wrestling it promo when, have when one it exists. Today. Okay. We're only doing that uh, did not sporadically know that. now. Did not know that. All right, go. Uh, okay, I'll try again. Uh, here's Dave Harrigan with stuff that you should know about. Dave. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to see that again. <laughs> hey, Judd, cool, I'd love, love. I'd like to, to see that again. I'd love to bring the kids in town, and they can yeah. see Uncle Judd, and we can rekindle the old relationship. Uh, yeah. How does that sound? That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. All right. That's, Judd's like, That's no. great. That's fantastic. Let, <laughs> let's just get to stuff now. Insincere Judd is my favorite, Judd. Uh, let's get to the Super Bowl, boys. It was fourth and goal. The Eagles with the ball. Should you kick the field goal? Oh, no. Doug Peterson, the genius, calls the Philly. Sp- oh, wait. No, he didn't call it at all. Did he, Nick Foles? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Philly special. Ready? Holds. And the gun. Of course, we know what happened after that. But yes, you heard as Foles went to the sideline, he says, huh? Philly, Philly. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. That was the that was the trick play, right? Yes, that was and the that, Philly special. And the reason he's calling it is because it was from his high school playbook, which is amazing. It was I, I wish I would have retweeted that. Good for Doug Peterson for allowing him to do it. For Doug Peterson, I love Doug. Pe- I'm a big Doug Peterson guy. I covered him for a couple of years. He's a great guy. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, Bill Burr, comedian Bill Burr, he's a Pats fan. He was on Conan yesterday, and he's got uh, another take on the Super Bowl. Obviously, being a Pats fan, a little disappointed. But you had the Philly special, which was almost a carbon copy of a play that happened just a little bit before that. The failed pass to Tom Brady. Burr's got thoughts. What Super Bowl? He should have laid out. He should have extended his whole body and grabbed it. You know what's funny? It was when on that play, you actually saw his age. You know, if you, when he stands in the pocket, he looks 25. The right. second he starts running, it's like, dude, I could D this guy up. <laughs> like, did you see last, year when, last right. year when he threw that pick six, when he dove to tackle that guy, it looked like somebody threw a dead body out of a car. <laughs> That is one of the greatest analogies ever because it's spot on. It is. It's like a bad 80s action yes. movie where like the stuntman or a stuffed body comes yes, falling off the, off the roof or something and crashes into a taxi cab. That's what it, exactly what it looked like. <laughs> Good and bad news from Madison Square Garden last night. Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks. The bad news, the unicorn went down with a torn ACL. Christophs Porzingis. The good news, we got a lob to Giannis and a gusgasm. Knocked away and stolen. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Giannis Antetokounmpo for Chris Middleton. (laughs) Did you see the dunk over the top of uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.? I did not. That was... I mean, literally, his crotch went over (laughs) Tim Hardaway Jr.'s head, who was just cowering in the corner at that point. So did Gus Johnson's, apparently. Knocked away and stolen. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then there's the Wolves opponents tonight. The Cleveland Cavaliers, who were up 21 on the lowly Orlando Magic and blew it. LeBron, 
you know, it's no time to, um, you know, to throw shade about our season. We got to continue to be positive and continue to push forward. We got, we got quite a few games left, and uh, you know, if we, you know, still serious about the season, then we got to, you know, now play some good ball. Yeah, but are you still serious about the season? I mean, it's looking pretty bad in Cleveland, and uh, the NBA trade deadline is Thursday at two o'clock Central, three Eastern. LeBron, what would you think of waving your? Claws? I just couldn't do it. We put too much into the game, you know, every single day. Uh, we go out and prepare, even though win, lose, or draw. At the end of the day, we are brothers, and we understand that. So, you know, I owe it to my teammates to, uh, to to finish the season out, no matter how it ends up. So, no, I would never wave my no-trade clause. Yeah, that's what a guy would say if he wasn't going to wave his no-trade clause. You're not dedicated. Listen, I'm here for the long haul. You know, I'm here for this season right now. To try to you know figure out ways we can still compete. Uh, I couldn't give up on my teammates like that. I'm here for the long haul, like this thirty season. to forty love, more games. I love how he caught yeah. himself. I'm here for the long haul. Wait, wait, this wait. Season. Long haul means long time. <laughs> I'm with the Lakers for the long haul. If he leaves, can they really be mad the second time? He brought them a championship. No, no now they can't. He brought them a championship, no. and I don't know. Like Kyrie Irving left, they might have won one. If although it, I, I still wouldn't put it past them to figure this thing out in the last two months and to get on the same page. and Because this happens. This is a bit, bit of a more extended stretch of internal strife than the previous years. But yeah, here's it wouldn't a, shock me. It, how much of this is about Isaiah Thomas not being a fit? Like, I keep seeing that. I don't watch the Cavs much, but... Yeah, I haven't watched enough either. Is this on him somehow? It's just, it's a bizarre meltdown. I don't know. I feel like... Any team that has LeBron James, if he was able to win two games against the Warriors a couple years ago, yeah. with Love out and Kyrie Irving out, they're going to step up. Like Matthew Dellavedova was their second scoring option for two or three of those games. So <gasps> they'll still get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they maybe they get beat by the Celtics in the Conference Finals, and then he joins the Rockets. He could join the Rockets. Oh, I I like the Lakers angle, but if he's looking to win championships, oh, the yeah. Lakers won't win him championships. The if you add LeBron James to the Rockets, you're winning a championship, for sure. Everybody knows a shoe deal can be rather lucrative for any NBA star. SI did some digging on one particular current player's deal with one of the major big shoe companies. I'm going to give you some of the details. Let me see if you can guess who the player is I'm speaking of, okay? Yeah. The deal calls for annual retainers $12 million per season from 2013 up until this last season. This year, the player is entitled to $11 million. Also included annual royalties of up to $6.25 million per year, as much as $4.8 million in annual appearance fees and use of a private plane. This player's older brother is also paid between $250,000 and $300,000 annually as a consultant. The uh, Randall Hampton, the player's best friend since sixth grade, and his assistant is paid between fifty grand and seventy-five thousand annually for consulting services. The company has also pledged to contribute one hundred fifty grand annually to the AAU team of this player's choice. The player is a former MVP. Who do you think I'm talking about? Wow, uh, active player in the league still. Active in the league. Former MVP, I will tell you it's a great deal for the player and it has turned out to be a horrible deal for the shoe company. Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. Wow. Adidas. So Derrick Rose Whoops. has a bunch of hanger honors like his older brother <laughs> and a couple of high school buddies 
making wow. full-time salaries off a shoe company to do nothing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's wow. wonderful. Uh, is, he, is he still with the Cavs? Yes. He yeah. is, right? Yes. He threatened to retire, right? But yeah, yeah he's still with the Cavs. Oof. Let's be proud of our country as uh, we're on the eve of the Olympics here. Actually, events have technically started. Uh, oh, don't give me that crap, Judd. I'm uh, bored great. with you go, not caring. Go USA. So, not long ago, a team of Euro golfers, uh, Euro Tour guys, I believe all from England, set a world record for finishing a par 5 hole in 32.7 seconds. Here's how it works. You got one guy at the tee. Clock starts when he tees off. There's a guy waiting in the fairway. Ball Once the ball comes to a stop, he can hit it. There's another two guys waiting around the green to clean okay. up the mess. So positioning is key here, right? Correct. You got to hit good shots. You got to be ready. You got to play quickly. Well, boys, congratulations to the United States, States of America because a team of PGA Tour rookies, Tom Lovelady, Andrew Yoon, Steven Yeager, and Lanto Griffin have smashed the record. From 32.7, they brought it all the way down to 27.88 seconds. Wow. Take that, Euros. That's amazing. So, you probably, uh, do we know how many shots it was? Four shots. So, it was a birdie. Yes. Uh, Was it, it, so a tee shot, I'm trying to think of the timing on this. Like, the tee shot would be the longest, I think, in terms of time in the air. Because it's like 300 yards. And it's a par five, so the second shot isn't exactly short. But it went tee shot, second shot went onto the green, a putt that went just past the hole two, three feet, and then the uh, the tap. Fourth guy tapped it in. Yes. Wow. Uh, And the ball has to come to a stop, right? You can't happy Gilmore it as it's rolling forward. (laughs) You can not. We should try that same thing and see how long it takes us. Like searching for the ball in the woods. (laughs) Like the second guy has to search for the drive in the woods or the rough. <laughs> the third guy's got to do the drop. Yeah, that sounds right. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, four, no, I seven do. different guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, the scoop of Doogie coming up in uh, about two hours from now at 1230. We will replay the Thad Levine interview later in the show if you missed it. And also, uh, Judd wants to talk about how much he hates the Olympics at some point on the show. We'll get to it this week at some point in But time. first, he wants to tell you how much he loves prime mortgage lending. I do indeed, and that, that's because I was uh, recently talking to my friend Kent McCullough, and I was talking to Kent, and I said, what, Kent, is Prime's message? What are you trying to convey? And his response was very simple. He said, Judd, Prime would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. I'll say that again because it's important. They would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. Think about that for, for a second. This isn't about selling you on something. It's all about building trust. And Kent at the folks at Prime believe in teamwork and collaboration. If you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. If you're considering a refi, the Prime team will take the time to understand your goals and your situation to make sure that a refi puts you in a better financial position. That's Prime in Bloomington online at goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Folks, this is all about trust. Once again, they would rather earn your trust than sell, than sell you a loan. If you want to get in on this, if you want to be part of the team, goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS ID 69551. Conditions may apply back after this. Phil Mackey. I like his odds of uh, of replacing somebody on TNT. Judd Zolgad. Just a genuinely awesome guy. Very giving of his time. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Make plans to attend the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show February 16th through the 18th. That's next Friday through Sunday. 
at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Buy your tickets in advance. And get this, you will receive over $470 in value. Each paid advance ticket will receive 19 free green passes and your choice of a golf shirt. To purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation uh, our our bridgewater conversation from yesterday is kind of blowing up on our social media platforms uh, if you aren't following at 1500 ESPN on Facebook and or Twitter and or Instagram we are stepping up our hashtag content game so we're take we're taking some of the best stuff from our podcast and from some of our favorite conversations from the show and we're just giving you like little snippets of stuff and so we posted I ranted about Bridgewater. I don't think anyone in this room, including Collar, is saying, you have to give him the keys and you'd be idiots not to. I think we're trying to squash the notion that he was a bad quarterback a couple years ago and that like his 14 touchdown passes mean that he's not dynamic. And yes, uh, there's just a lot more that goes into it. And we laid that out yesterday. And we're getting all kinds of comments. Mostly, I'm kind of surprised. I think people have gone from loving Teddy Bridgewater two years ago to like despising him in some way because Case Keenum was good and just now you can just get rid of Bridgewater. And now I almost feel like there's another undercurrent of people based on our conversation yesterday and the reaction that are saying, yes, yes, I feel the same way about Bridgewater. If you were to give him an actual infrastructure that caters to his strengths, you can make this thing work maybe going forward. Um, so I was surprised to see like we got a lot of positive reaction agreeing on the Bridgewater conversation yesterday. It's just um, it seems like Keenum's success has led a lot a lot of people to believe that well this has to be it. And listen, Bridgewater, the beginning part of, of the conversation on uh, on Tuesday and going forward will be this: we don't know about his knee, and as long as you don't know, that does not mean it's a given that he's going to come back as the same quarterback who left. But that quarterback who left, who led the Vikings to a uh, division title in 2015, and who essentially led them to a first-round playoff win, which went awry when uh, Peterson fumbled, because uh, we forget that play way too much, and then Walsh missed the field goal attempt, that quarterback did a very nice job in a lot of areas that teams desire. That's ability to bring a team back. That's ability not to get flustered. If you think about what his mental makeup was at his age, playing in a system that was definitely not suited for him, Teddy Bridgewater had a lot of attributes that any team would sit down and say, we are very intrigued by that. And I think to just dismiss him now out of hand is is silly because he still is their draft pick. He is still, he's still going to mentally be the same and what we all need to find out and what the Vikings might know a little bit certainly more than we do is if you put him back on the field can he be a semblance of that same quarterback the one thing he's got going for him is this Um, while he definitely had ability to move outside the pocket he was not a running quarterback if he ran a lot, I'd say this is going to be a long shot because he's going to ha- have to remake his game. Yes. But he's not going to have to remake his game. He's going to have to adjust some things, but we are not ta- talking about drastically overhauling things because he was never a guy who looked to take off. He looked to move a little bit and he looked to pass, but he was not a run first guy ever. And he's not going to come back like that, certainly. Yes, he did. He did work outside the pocket a lot. Some of that was by design, but he always tried to stay behind the line of scrimmage. He wasn't a big rushing yards guy. Uh, he was he was a he usually likes to stay behind the line of scrimmage. Now Russell Wilson does rack up some rushing yards and 
There's other quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will rack up some rushing yards, and he's very mobile too. But those guys use their mobility to stay behind the line of scrimmage and keep open the 15 to 20 yard play or the the double move or the broken the broken coverage, whatever it is. And and that's how you gain your chunks of yardage. Not like Christian Ponder. Oh my God, my first read's not there. I'm going to run for six yards. Right. You're not going to win a game doing that. Uh, a couple things when we come back here. Let's get to well, we we will talk about the Gopher basketball team briefly in the 11 o'clock hour, even though they're completely off the radar. Last night's game had a couple interesting things we'll get into. Uh, but we were we brought up something, and we were, I think, in agreement on this last summer. I know I for sure was very bold on this stance. And people, the reaction when I threw this out last summer was mostly, okay, you're being a homer and you're out of your mind. I want to re-ask the question when we come back, Vikings-related, and we can open up the phone lines, too. If you have any reckless Viking speculation you want to indulge in, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Jeff. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. 